Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Network of Executive Women. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics for women in the workplace. From advancing women of color, to developing and engaging male allies, to how to navigate the new workplace post-COVID-19. Sarah will cover it all as she and her guests dig into these key issues. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. Women aren't broken. They don't need to be fixed. I'm going to say it one more time so everybody hears me. Women aren't broken. They don't need to be fixed. Well, what is broken are those corporate cultures and insufficient support systems and policies that just let women down. They fail to provide them with every opportunity to succeed in the workplace. So as our podcast series name suggests, Advancing All Women, we are here to provide our listeners with actionable solutions that they as leaders can use in their own role and in their company to advance all women. I'm Sarah Alter, and in addition to being your podcast host, I'm the CEO and President of the Network of Executive Women. We're a 501c3, and we're a professional community whose mission is to advance all women in the workplace while we transform the face of business. Today's podcast is focused on the pivotal role that male allies need to play in the advancement of working women. And these enlightened male allies, as I like to call them, are committed to being both advocate and ally to women. So I am joined by three incredible leaders, and I'm going to give you a quick bio on each of them, and then we're going to welcome them into the show. Tom Foley is a social entrepreneur. He's an attorney and a professor, and he also partners with New in bringing our Beyond Allies, which is a male ally community to life. We've got Ramel Mitchell. He's a director at the Microsoft Corporation. He focuses on corporate citizenship and market development. And then last but not least, we've got Burley Bourgeois, and he is a petroleum engineering sponsor at Chevron. So you can tell I, I am joined by two corporate bigwigs and a corporate lawyer. How ironic, you know, that we're here to talk about women, and I'm joined by three men. And as we were prepping for this conversation earlier this week, we were all chuckling at the fact that, you know, this was my first set of guests on the topic of women and were they crazy to be joining me? Um, And then Tom referenced, hey, do you guys remember that show Mad Men? Everybody remember the show Mad Men? It was that popular TV show. It completely glorified the rampant sexism in the advertising industry back in the day. Well, Tom said, hey, we're probably three madmen to be joining you. So with that, Tom, let's start with you. How does it, how does it feel to be labeled a madman? You know, in, in th- first of all, Sarah, thanks for, for pulling us together and, and taking a risk with, with three men on, on your first, <laughs> first show. We, we, hope to, we hope to live up to expectations. Uh, the show Mad Men you know, popped to my mind when we were talking about talking about getting together today is I remember watching that and as much as I tease people for yelling at the football players on the screen, they can't hear you. I I found myself yelling at, I think it was Don Draper 
because his whole approach in the workplace was, yeah. was setting me off. And it, you know, the, the, I, the show is, uh, I didn't, I didn't get past the first show because it, it made me mad, uh, listening to that sexism in the workplace. You know, I know the show has deeper impact with innovation and creativity for the women right. that advance through that, but it, it did make me mad. Uh, so, um, there's both the anger and then maybe we are crazy for joining you today, but I'm looking forward to the conversation. <laughs> awesome. Welcome, Tom. Ramal, how about you? You know, I, I you know, I, I, I'd have to echo uh, some of what Tom just mentioned, right? I mean, uh, starting here, kicking off your first show here, being uh, three, uh, uh, three, three men on this show. Um, you know, I think it speaks volumes, right? So I think it speaks volumes Indeed. for a number of reasons. Um, the ability for us to kind of share some of our experiences and also your boldness to say, hey, look, we're going to we're going to have a conversation and I'm just going to mix it up to start with. And, uh, and, and, and I think you've kind of flipped the script on that. Right. And so, you know, it's it's great to join you here today and to talk about uh, these issues and really kind of share our perspectives and what we what we've seen and and hopefully we can uh, provide some insight here um, from our perspective in terms of what's worked well and what allyship means and what advocacy means and you you have it on your shirt I know this is radio so we can't I, see I, but yeah. al, um, ally means take action and I think it whether, sure does you know if you're talking to Tom here or you're talking to Burley or myself and others I mean we're talking about taking action. We're talking about transformation, and uh, what what set uh, what what set Tom off in um, in Mad Men is the same thing that we all see, oftentimes, or we've seen um, that that have kind of rubbed us the wrong way, that have had us uh, in a, in a position to take action. So, just looking forward to our conversation there. I know. Welcome, Ramel and Burley. Last but not least, thanks, Sarah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's you know very honored to be here joining the group. And, you know, it's funny as as you think about, oh, radio shows so structured and we're going to have all these questions ahead of time. And when we got together to talk about the show was we're going to have a conversation and it sounds like you know, hopefully some people listen in. But this is really just a fun conversation for us to talk about an important topic. But, yeah, I, it's interesting. You know, we talk about Mad Men. I, I'll out myself here and making confession. I've never actually seen the show. So I have four daughters and I don't think I've seen anything but animation for the past 15 <laughs> years. Uh, yeah. But for me, I, I know what the show's about and I, I know the themes. And for me, I, it, it doesn't make me mad. It makes me more sad. And, and it's really yeah. where it makes me sad specifically is kind of that aura of the nostalgia. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you think about in the show, right? They're in this office setting. They're smoking. They're drinking bourbon and treating women horribly. And when people look at that, they think, like, oh, yeah, you know, nobody smokes in the office anymore. You know, that's back in the old days. Nobody drinks in the office anymore. That's back in the old days. And I think, you know, they'll say two out of three. OK, well, nobody treats women like that anymore in the workplace. That's the old days. And I'm here to tell you, if you're listening, that you're wrong. Right. Women still are impacted today yeah. in the workplace. Yeah. And if you don't think your company has an inclusion problem, it's great that you tuned in today to, to, to listen. Yeah, no, I think it's Melinda Gates who's been quoted. The most frightening thing to her is that we're sending our daughters into a workplace that resembles the workplace of our fathers. So to your very point, there's so much more we need to be doing. So um, let's talk about ally 
an advocate. And I know we had a lot of great discussion about this as we were preparing for the show. And, and I agree with you, Burley. We're just going to let this conversation flow. I love it already. Ally versus advocate. Um, what does each of the two mean to you? Let's start with you, Burley. Well, thanks. Uh, so, you know, ally to me, uh, when we talk about a male ally, you know, and we talked about this, you know, when, when we talked last week, I, I don't really like the word ally in, in this sense, because I think of the traditional kind of friend, right? Or, or even a wartime uh, scenario where you have allied countries and, you know, when things are fine, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm free to do what I do. You do you and uh, we'll be fine. And if things go bad, then sure, I'll come help. Uh, what I like the term advocate, because it, like you said earlier, it, it talks about action. You know, it, it's an intentional action to mm-hmm. always to be helping, to be looking um, and, and wanting to help with inclusion. Yeah. I know Tom, he, he had a little bit different view on the word when, when we had talked. I know. Okay, Tom. <laughs> yeah, jumping in here, as an attorney, uh, I love words. And we know that words are powerful and words can be heard differently. I like going beyond advocate. And I'll start with the fact that as an attorney, I am your advocate. I am promoting your issue. Uh, My obligation is to zealously represent you. But if you listen to how I outline that, it's your issue, and I'm there to help you on your issue. Ally, similarly, as Burley pointed out, has that same connotation. I like to be part of the team. Right. This, is, this is an issue that faces all of us, and we can't be standing on the sidelines and we're available or advocating when the time is, is there. It, it has to be felt. I have to feel the issue. And the yeah. only way I feel the issue is if, if it's a team approach. So I'm a big believer in, in identifying, it, identifying it as our issue, and we're on the same team trying to reach that, that solution. Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, Ramel, round us out here. Yeah, you know, ally, advocate, both. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, the the way that I've historically kind of thought about ally has been one a person that's uh, from more reactionary, if you will, in your camp, but reacting to something that you're um, mm-hmm. that you're engaged in, right? Yeah. Uh, you're having an issue. You know that you have someone that you can go to that will support you, that will provide feedback or, or, or that type of thing. An advocate, I see as more proactive, that person that's in the room when you're not in the room. They're acting as not only your ally, they're acting not only as your, your friend, your mentor, your sponsor, but they're your, they are taking your interest to, 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 to the battlefield, if you will, right? They're yeah. right there, they're engaged, there's another show uh, you know, speaking of lawyers, you know, there's another show where, where lawyers were referenced as their gladiators, right? An advocate is your gladiator, your personal gladiator, someone that you know is going to fight for your interest, um, that's going to support you. I think an ally can, can be somewhat, um, again, going back to this, this, this notion of somewhat reactive to the, to the, um, to the issues that you might be engaged in. Uh, which is great. You need allies, um, but I think that you need them both. You, your advocates yeah. are probably part ally. Your um, allies might be part advocates, but um, I don't think it's a binary question. I think it's a, it's a matter of having both kind of embodied within um, what's required 
to have a complete um, complete circle of uh, of engagement and development as we think about as we think about helping others and advocating um, for for women in the workplace. Yeah, it, it it it's almost as if you go through phases, right? There's awareness yeah. that there's an issue. You you self-educate, you gain empathy, understanding, appreciation, but that most important piece being take action, right? And yeah, yeah, I've got it, it as was mentioned, I've got this great t-shirt that my team at the Network of Executive Women gave me for my birthday. So appropriate. So I wore it for this inaugural show. And it, and it truly, it just, it puts it out there. Ally means taking action. It means being both an ally and an advocate. So, so why, why should this matter to you all as men? Um, there are people who have, who have a perspective that I clearly disagree with, <laughs> that um, women need to be saved by men in the workplace. I clearly disagree with that. Let me say that one more time. But why, why should this matter to men? Like, why are you here today with me? And why do you even care about this? Because I'm sure your lives are super busy as it is without taking this, this movement on. Yeah, Sarah, if you don't mind, let me, let me, let me jump in. I just want to touch on your, your, your thoughts around saving women. Uh, I went for a run this morning. Uh, and so I, I'm going to kind of share a little bit of my, my musical uh, interests, kind of kind of run the gamut. And there's a song, a pop song by Ava Max called Kings and Queens. And hmm. uh, you got to listen closely. Uh, if all the kings had their queens on the throne, we would pop champagne and raise a toast. And then she continues and says, no damsel in distress, don't need to save me. Once I start breathing fire, you can't tame me. So that kind of, as, as we're, we're thinking about today, it's not a saving component by any means. And, and kind of rounding out my musical, if I, if I bring Bono into the conversation, Bono's comment <laughs> was... Please do. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he, had, he had shared that we, talking about white men, are largely responsible for the problems. Yeah. So we have to be involved in the solution. And I love how he chose the word involved in the solutions, even pulling back to ally, advocate, team player. I I don't think Ramel, Burley, or I care what of those three terms you use, as long as to your point, Sarah, you take action and you're involved in the solution. So I just wanted to to jump in and I'll certainly turn it over to Burley to to answer the question that that you raised, but I wanted to jump in and really talk about how, how you touched on the idea of saving women and, and really the, the importance of, of being involved in the solution. Well, thanks, Tom. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, the, the idea of men coming to save the day. If, if, if we were meant to be superheroes, then someone clearly made a mistake for me. I'd be the worst Marvel superhero, I think, <laughs> of, of the bunch. <laughs> but, you know, you know, why should it care? Why, why should men care? And, and why should women care that men care, right? It's, um, you know, I think study has shown that it's, it's more personable for, for men uh, and, and they care more. They, they have this, this passion for inclusion for, for men who have female working spouses or female daughters, right? Because they're skin in the game for them. As you mentioned, Sarah, they, we don't want our daughters mm-hmm. to work in a, in a workplace that we've seen that's not been fair to women. So it's very personable to, to men when they can see it and they can touch it. And you really have to have that, you know, a purpose. 
when you're coming to this, right? You can have awareness that there's an issue. We can talk about there's there's not fairness. And you can be like, well, that, that's, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, but it doesn't affect me. So I'm going to keep on living my life. So it has to be personal, personal to you. You have to have a reason why it, why it, why it matters. And for me, you know, I share a personal story for me. And I, you know, I mentioned earlier, right. I have four daughters. Uh, my wife was, uh, was a, an engineer at Chevron as well. And, you know, she made a very hard decision to, to retire from the company when we started moving around in, in, in my career. And, you know, I'll never be able to put myself in her shoes of how hard that decision was for her. Uh, but, you know, but I'm so appreciative. I mean, I don't think my words can state how appreciative I am of her, of the decision she made to do that. But for, for women, it's, I think it's more of expected, right? That type of decision. Yeah. If a man was going to do that, people would, would raise their eyebrows. Why, why are you doing that? Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of that cultural thing. But as far as men coming to save the day, it's, it's, I think it's further from the truth that women have been fighting this issue for a long time. Right. And fighting, I'd say, kind of alone, as Tom talked about in the uh, in, in the Ava Max song, to get true change, you have to get the people who are in the position of majority involved. And in this case, in the working world, that's that's currently men. Right. They, they have the position of, of the majority of executive roles. So getting them on board as a partner to help solve the issues is a much better approach than just saying they're wrong. It's their fault. Help. Why aren't they making a change? Yeah, and, and we've seen that that cultural or social expectation that women need to be running the family and the household play out in such a devastating way, right, over the last 18 months. Uh, there's a, a McKinsey-Lenin study out there that has shared that in the past 18 months, we've lost five years of advancement progress for women in the workplace, because of the collision, right? That collision of work meets life, you know, under one roof as we all had to work remotely. And so now more than ever, it's like allies need to step up, right? And be there. Um, Ramel, I know you've got some great thoughts to share on this as well. Yeah, you know, there, there are a couple things here. I mean, the, the notion of saving women, um, I think is an interesting question. I, 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 I don't think that the role uh, of men is to uh, to to wake up thinking that every day um, we need to save women, right? I I don't think that that is the uh, the, um, the the drive. I think, and and maybe my perspective is shaped because I've had so many strong women in my life, right? Whether yeah. it's my mother or my grandmother or the women that I work with every day, I I'm in a unique position, perhaps uh, at least within Microsoft. Um, the corporate VP or president of our uh, of our division is a is a woman. Um, the corporate the vice president that I work under is a woman. My team I work with probably eighty percent of my team are women or seventy percent of my team are women. I've had a very strong circle of women that have supported me in my career and development. Um, that I've supported in their career and development, that we've gone to market together, we've created some amazing things together, that we've worked together, that we've created a, 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 an inclusive work environment, not because we said, you know what, we need to create an inclusive work environment every day, right. but because right. we know 
that by in, in building that into our programs, building that into our hiring process, building that into our expectations of making that part of the DNA of who we are as a company, or at least as a team. And then actually, as we go out into marketing and, and we're doing things in the community that we do this. So I think the notion of saving women for me is, is one and women have saved me probably and other men, uh, you know, in, in a corporate setting more than what we, more than what we give them credit for. I think the strength of women and the voice of women at the table is so needed because um, you need different voices. You need different cultures. You need that. This is part of an, yeah. of an inclusive environment. And, you know, to your point, Sarah, I mean, what, what COVID has taught us is that over the last 15 months or so, that we know that the return that that women have left the workforce at alarmingly mm -hmm. high rates, mm -hmm. and not just you know at every level of a of, of absolutely, a, you know from senior level leaders to others, because thinking about I need to go back, and so so we know that we have that deficit. So now having this conversation is more important now than maybe it was even prior to COVID, because now we have such a gap. So thinking proactively, again, thinking proactively about now that we're thinking about returning to work, um, you know, opening the company, uh, the countries are uh, opening our country back up, if you will, post-COVID. This is a conversation that needs to be had in boardrooms. It needs to be had in HR. It needs to be had in your, your small teams, groups, churches, uh, when you're playing basketball with your friends. Thinking about this and ingraining this into who we are, I think, is, is so important and making this the new cultural norm um, as we move forward. Um, so, Ramel, one quick takeaway. You said you've worked for women, and I love that. Tom or Burley, have you ever had a female boss? A few things. I think my wife may be listening, so the answer is absolutely. <laughs> I've had a, uh, have a female Good boss. answer, Tom. Uh, but, but yes, you know, one of uh, my first jobs out of law school, uh, my senior partner was was a woman and, and one of the women that I rely yeah. on to to give me some some direction. Uh, and, and Sarah, I do want to add, I, I love where Burley talks about why men should do this and talks about the personal component, if it's your daughter or your wife. And what I'd love to do is, is kind of draw on that even further and say, if it's wrong for fill in the blank, your wife, your daughter, your mom, if it's wrong for that person, it's wrong for every woman. And that's how we have to think. And then I think it's, it's also important that we are cognizant, as Ramel and you talked about the statistics coming out of COVID, that we also understand the intersectionality that women face. So yeah. when you look at the statistics that women are taking on twice the workload within the, the home, uh, we need to be aware of what that means for Latina women and Black women as well. Absolutely. Um, so I think as everyone who's listening in can, can hear, these gentlemen are quite the contrary from Mad Men. They are enlightened male allies. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And Ramel, we're going to follow up with you when we get back. Um, I would love to hear your answer. I want to thank everybody who's listened in so far to our Advancing All Women podcast. Hang in there with us because in this next segment, we're going to cover, okay, well, how do you take action? You can check us out at newonline.org for more information on new. And all of our podcasts are going to be found at voiceamerica.com. 
Thanks for listening. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Network of Executive Women is a nonprofit dedicated to advancing all women and transforming our workplaces through the power of community. We are a growing community of more than 13,500 professional women and men, representing nearly 900 organizations across North America. We are a strong, collective voice for everyone in the corporate world who wants to see gender equality become a reality, and we welcome all who champion our cause. Members of NEW gain access to a broad network of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development. Corporate organizations also gain access to DEI solutions, which fosters a more inclusive and productive work culture. Plus, members can engage across NEW's 22 regional communities and attend two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and leadership. Join Network of Executive Women today. Visit newonline.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member of NEW. That's newonline.org slash membership. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear, and listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Network of Executive Women? Visit our website today at newonline.org. That's newonline.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Sarah Alter and the Advancing All Women podcast. And I am joined today by some incredible guests, Tom Foley. He's an attorney, professor, and social entrepreneur, as well as Ramel Mitchell. He's a Microsoft executive and Burley Bourgeois, a Chevron executive. Our topic at hand, male allies and their pivotal role in advancing all women in the workplace. 
So as we close out our show here, we're going we're gonna to shift into talking about, okay, well, what should you be doing? How should you be taking action as a male ally and advocate? But real quick, I want to duck back to a conversation we had as we were closing out that last segment. Ramel, you had shared that you've worked for a number of women in the corporate world. What, what is that unique uh, set of skills or learnings that you, you picked up from these incredible female execs? Yeah, so I, I think there are a number, a number of skills um, from the first, from the, from the woman that hired me into Microsoft to the, to the several that I've, that I've worked for and the, that I work with today. Uh, I would start by, by saying first has been they've all been courageous. Um, in some form or fashion, they've all been courageous. Um, they've all stepped to the to the plate, knowing who they were um, authentically. Um, they've all supported their uh, their team and the development, not only of their, themselves but of, of others. They've done what great leaders do: they invest in themselves, they invest in their team, they invest in people, and they put their entire heart and uh, and focus on that. So, so that would be, I think, a key lesson. It's not a, a lesson because they're they're women. It's a lesson because they're great leaders, and so, um, and and these women have been great leaders. So, the, the, my team, as I said a little earlier, are comprised uh, comprised primarily of women. And again, we we've gone through this uh, this leadership training, Brene Brown leadership um, training, dare yeah. to lead, and to say to an organization, hey, look, we're going to do this across the company, right? We're going to, we're going to do um, dare to lead training, right? We're going to talk about empathy. Uh, we're going to talk about how do we put empathy in action, yeah. right? Very few men probably would have said, you know, we're going to talk about empathy here, right? And I've not <laughs> been in many conversations with any coaches, any executives, any CEOs that have led with, uh, led with the reason why empathy is important. And so I think the different, the, the mindset, our experiences oftentimes define or refine how our leadership style and leadership yeah. voice will come across. And many women have a, you know, there, there's a different set of experiences, quite frankly. Um, being a mother, being, yeah. a, being a wife, being a daughter, being a sister in, in this environment. You're exposed to a lot and you can balance it oftentimes. And the women that I've worked with that have been leaders, I'm looking at them in awe and I'm saying, how do you balance all of this? Like, when do you sleep? <laughs> Literally, when do you sleep? Like, I, I don't get it. It's yeah. so, so from those that I've hired or, or that, and that I work with, I think that is one thing that remains also really consistent. Their ability yeah. to balance and multitask. So, so, so many lessons learned. Um, from that, uh, from those that I've worked with, but those that that I that I that um, that I work for, um, that have, that have taught me that, yeah, yeah. No, it 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 gets back to thank you, Ramel. So well said. Um, it gets back to what Tom had shared too about the intersectionality, and you know, as a a working mom myself, I see the the multiple roles that I have as blessings, but sadly, the workplace in the wrong culture, <laughs> all too often sees them as burdens, right? That's what's going to prevent them from being the best leader that they can be. And so it's all about embracing and, and celebrating 
these, you know, diverse perspectives and experiences, right. That, you know, women, women bring to the table. Um, Burley, you now have a female leader. Oh, and, and I would be remiss if I didn't, before I get to you, Burley, I want to call out both Chevron and Microsoft because they are partners of the network of executive women, very active and engaged partners, and they practice what they preach. So Burley, you, you have a female boss. What are the, the, the learnings that you've picked up from her? Yeah, thanks, Sarah. And I think Ramel said it really well. Uh, you know, I've, I've currently worked for a female boss. I've had a, a, a number of other female bosses in, in my time at Chevron. And it's not that they're great female leaders. They're just great leaders, period. Right. And Amen. <laughs> for, for me, you know, calling out that distinction, I think is important. Right. Because I think a lot of uh, a lot of people see when women get promoted to positions. And I've heard this in hallway conversations like she got that job because she's a woman. Right. They had a ton of other good men they could have put in that. And she only got it because she's a woman. And that's just really disheartening, both from our culture perspective and from a female perspective, right? Because they're great leaders. They're in that position because they have the skills to do it well. And they not only have to, to learn and ramp up as a leader, but they also have to fight against this view that they only got it because they are a woman. But I think the skills that, that I've learned from them that I take on my journey to help be more inclusive, not only just with inclusive with women, but inclusive with, with everyone, with all human beings is it's two things. One, it's perseverance. And I, I guess I'll call it grit, right? That, you know, the grit to, you know, when things aren't going your way or you face headwinds, I'm going to still fight because it's the right thing to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to get past it. Um, kind of the stick to I guess. Uh, and the other one is humility, right? I think a lot of male <laughs> leaders fall into the trap of, uh, I'm the, the quote unquote boss. I have to have the answer for everyone. And, and what I really learned from, from the great female leaders and other great male leaders who have this as well, is the humility is to say like, look, I don't know. I need to learn more about this and I'll go ask. So that's, that's the big things that I've taken away. Awesome. All right. So we're going to shift. Nothing's going to change unless the majority, the full team is included and it's not just the workplace, it's every place. So what I would love to hear from each of you, what are, what are the skills that you need as a male ally to be more inclusive? We're gonna start with skills and then we're gonna follow up with action items because I want our audience to be able to walk away with three things they can do today. So let's start with skills. Tom, do you wanna kick us off on that one? Certainly, certainly. I, I think at times when we talk about advocacy or allyship or teamwork and, and driving greater inclusivity, we complicate the conversation. We sometimes analyze the conversation uh, to an extent that I think is exaggerated. And when you talk about the aspect of it being in every place. A lot of stories come to mind, you know, as simple as my wife and I going car shopping and my wife is buying the car, yet the car salesman is talking to me the whole time. And <laughs> the message that's being sent in those circumstances, those microaggressions, but that's, that's every place. Right. So the, the, the first step, and Ramel talked about it with, empathy, 
the first step for me is to listen. And when I say listen, not just at the time you're hearing the words, but later that day, listen, what did you hear? And, you know, if you're a a fan of movies and, and love watching movies two or three or four times, and you're a fan of reading and you love reading books two, three or four times, you do that because you'll share, you know, each time I watch it, I learn or hear something different. And we as humans, we don't hear everything immediately because we're not able to process it. So my, my first request, and I challenge myself to do this consistently, is to listen, listen intently, listen to what you are not hearing, question yourself, right. what, what right. did I hear? What didn't I hear? And think through that, right? So I, I don't want to be so simplistic as to say to listen and think, but if, if you're challenging yourself through that process, I think you'll be much more aware that will lead to greater empathy. So I, you know, I'd love to hear Burley and Ramel's thoughts, but I, I would start with listen and listen intently. Burley. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to bullet down to two things in, in my mind, uh, you know, on top of what Tom said, which was, was great. The first one is, and this is, I would say for both men and women, right. As you're, you're working is you have to stop caring what other people think. That's, that's probably the number one thing for me is that I had to get yeah. over myself of like, what, how are people going to think of me if I start saying these things or if I start advocating, you just need to get over yourself. It, if it's the right thing to do, there's going to be people who like what you're doing. There's going to be people who don't like it. And you just need to stop caring what their opinion is and do the right thing. So, so that's the, the first one. Mm-hmm. I think the second one is a bit harder, right? And I think we, we see this a little bit in our culture today. And I'm going to call it having grace and being able to let people talk and potentially make mistakes, but with, you know, have positive intent, right? We're going to have to practice to get through this. And people are going to, you know, having a trusted person that you can talk to and say, look, like, this is what I think helped me understand this and, and make those mistakes in a safe setting with, with those you trust so that you can become and practice and become a better advocate. Because no one flips the switch one day and say, you know, like, hey, I have it, and I am, a, I am the superhero. I'm the best male advocate. It takes time. It takes practice, and and I'm still learning every day of how to get better. Yeah, this, I mean, this whole past year and a half, right, was the year of grace, <laughs> indeed. Um, Ramel. Yeah, I think this is a, a fantastic um, point here, and a fantastic question. I mean, I, I think it starts often, oftentimes things start with intention and intentionality, right? I think we have to be intentional in terms of our, our efforts what and, and support um, and in, intentional in terms of how we're providing feedback, intentional when we see opportunities where we know that we can speak up and leverage our voice, intentional when we have an opportunity to provide feedback um, to, to those. I'll, I'll give you this example. Uh, I was hiring someone and there, there are two women that, that, that was, uh, that were on the, on the loop. And one of the women worked, left, um, corporate America came back. And for the last three years, um, she's kind of been out for three to five years. She had been out. This is a while ago. And she says something to the effect of, you know, I've just been, uh, you know, a soccer mom coach at this point, And I've been coaching and, 
and refereeing at soccer tournaments. And and she looked at that as a as a like a um something that wasn't necessarily positive in this interview. And I said, you know, I'm just gonna pause real quick. If you were able to do that with out here and you're able to ref these all these crazy uh, parents that, that that we have that are so passionate about their kids, this is a positive thing. This is a leadership quality. I think that we also have to be intentional in terms of our feedback and our coaching, right? When we have that opportunity. So we have to be intentional in terms of our, our, um, our, our goals and objectives when, when we're thinking about creating inclusive environments and bringing women in and, and partnering and being allies and advocates. But we have to be inten- intentional in terms of helping grow and develop. The other two things that I think about is um, we oftentimes have to seek understanding, right? Um, and so, yes. you know, this could be, um, you know, whether it's, you know, understanding, you know, the, the why, asking the why, trying to get to the how, understanding what we don't understand. What are our blind spots that we might not see as men that might just be a blind spot for us? Like we have no idea, right? That um, so helping us understand how we can be better advocates, how we can be better supporters, how we can be better allies, how we can, uh, going back to to Tom's to Tom's uh, song, which which I, I can't quote Bono. I mean, that's when you start the show quoting Bono, you know you're in a good spot. Uh, I know. <laughs> but, you know. When you mention kings and queens, I see this as parody. I see this as how do we how do we ensure that we're that there's equality and partnership um, and equity um, in the work that we're doing. And so the other, the, the last though, I think this is perhaps even the most important is being authentic in, in, in what we're doing, being mm-hmm. authentic to say, you know what, I really believe in this. And this is why I'm being intentional. This is why I'm being supportive. This is why I'm, I'm looking at empathy and, and, and engaging. Because if you're not authentic with yourself as, as a man saying, you know, why and why I'm supporting, then you're not, you're going to be inauthentic in terms of the advice in terms of the allyship, quote unquote, at that point that you're providing, in terms of the feedback, in terms of the mentor, any of that, it's not going to come across. So you want to be authentic. If this isn't who you who you are, ask yourself why or why not. There's a different question and conversation that you might need to have with yourself, with your spouse, with someone else that knows you, right? So that you can understand why you're not being authentic in this point. But I, I would say be authentic um, because the, the worst thing that we can do is is um, it's come across as, as as fake in terms of our intentionality and support. But I think if you're truly authentic, we can we can change. Um, we can we can change what we're seeing here. Yeah, that gets back to that humility, right? And and I and I love Tom too. What you said about listening and and you you mentioned it as well, Ramel. It's about self education, right? Like you've got to take the initiative. Don't put the burden on the individual who you're trying to be an ally or an advocate for. Um, and I love to Ramel uh, when, when you said that woman said, well, I just, I'm just a, or I just did. I sadly <laughs> women tend to do that more often than men. I, I was uh, met a woman the other day in a store and she's like, Oh, well, I'm just a housewife. And I loved what you did Ramel. And I try to do that very same thing. I'm like, just, are you kidding me? You know, you are probably ruling the world in that role that you have. And it's like us stepping up to say like, no, don't discount, you know, all that you do in the role that you play. Um, So let's shift to action. Um, 
Tom, you said it earlier. Don't don't overthink it. Right. Like the, the sad reality is very small moments or negative actions, microaggressions can deliver a huge impact. Right. So given that very small positive gestures and actions can also deliver a huge impact. Um, so in the next couple in of the- minutes, quick fire round. What are those one, two, or three things that these male allies who are listening today can take away and do? I, I, I love the, the conversation and the challenge. And, and I think as we outline it, we know what to do. As both Burley and Ramel talked about, it's not always easy to do. So to be an upstander, as Burley talked about, put you at risk and that may put you at an uncomfortable position. Burley said it simply of uh, don't care what people think, but that's easier said than done. I think it's really a matter of resetting the norms. And when I, when I say that, I want to give a a particular example that, that came to mind recently with the house financial services committee, where they were talking about uh, why women and people of color weren't advancing And the answer from one of the executives was simply, I think there's a possibility, but I can't guarantee it. He said, the problem is it's built over many decades and it takes time for talent to rise to the top. So if I was to say, if you listen to what that executive just said, reset the norms. That's an excuse. (laughs) That's the fact that Burley says we have to feel confident standing up is because we're all trying to reset the norms. So my, my biggest advice would be to intentionally break the mold consistently. If I was to say one takeaway is think of how you can break the mold. Call it out, right? Call it yes. out. Just say, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> right. Burley. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, for me, you know, when I, when I was thinking about this, right, I, I, I kind of boil it down to you know, as simple as ABC. I like using acronyms. It's easy for me to remember things, right? So A, it's awareness, right? So first it's, you need to be aware that there's a problem, that we all have bias. So we're all part of the problem and there's things we can do to break bias. Second is, in the B is belief. You have to have a purpose. And we talked about it already here, you know, within this, this hour we had, you have to have a reason to care and you have to, others have to know you care. And the C is communicate. Right. That's that action. You need to you have to do something. You have to go out. You have to be intentional. You have to practice. You're going to break a few eggs. uh, And that's okay if you're doing it with positive intent. You need to make that first step. And it's important to get others involved. Right. If there's only three men here, like on this call and it's it's us fighting to try to help. Well, that's that's great that you have us three. But it's so much better. You get more people involved to help make a more inclusive workplace. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Burley, I know you've absolutely made that happen in all that you do at Chevron. Ramel, round us out. All right. Yeah. So, you know, the thing that I think about here, there, there are two or three emotions. I think one does start with the self-education, right? Understanding that, you know, the conversations that we're having um, about women and women in quality and women in the workplace didn't just begin, you know, two two weeks ago, two months ago, post COVID or pre COVID, just before COVID. You know, this this goes back to to you know the you know 
this this is a long term issue. You know, we can talk about the Seneca Falls movement, right? And so when we think about this, um, thinking about the the areas that we can educate ourselves on, understanding that we that we need to have a um, uh, that we have to have a knowledge of what's happened so that we can have empathy and, and move forward, I think is important. The other thing is that um, join the movement, right? Mm-hmm. Make the determination. Are you going to be an observer? Or are you going to be part of the movement? Are you going to be on the team? Or are you going to be on the bench? And then go from there. If you're going to be on the team, then what does that mean? Look at organizations that you can join, that you can support. Look at individuals that you can provide mentorship to, and then go all in. And so I, yeah. I think there, there's, uh, there's definitely room for that and uh, a need for that. And that's where every man that's listening to this can today, literally from, from Tom and Burley and from, from these comments, can, can join in and, uh, and become uh, advocates today. And, and I love it. You, you captured it so well. This is not a moment in time. This is a movement. This is a never-ending journey. So I want to thank our incredible guests. You inspired me, and I know you inspired those who were listening again today. And I want to thank everybody who was listening in today. Um, And I want to thank Voice of America uh, for giving me and New the opportunity to share our voice and our story and our mission to all of you. Tune in next week when we provide you with actionable solutions for how to better support women of color in the workplace. For more information on NEW, you can connect with us at newonline.org. And then to listen to all of our podcasts, you can loop back at voiceamerica.com. Again, want to thank everybody for listening in. I'm Sarah Alter, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.